We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Sunday, November 6th. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. It's a two-man game tonight as I got my guy, Justin Peabody, with me. Hello, everybody. You can find us on dailythunder.com, also wherever you download your podcast from. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're also all over social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. Go follow us on any social media channel. Sub to the YouTube channel. That would mean a lot to us. We're closing in on 1K YouTube subs, which is just exciting, Justin. Like there's there's something about round numbers and milestones that I just I enjoy. I think you're conditioned to accept that as a Thunder fan. Uh, probably so. Probably so. <laughs> So help us get to the 1K mark yes. on on YouTube. That would be awesome. Drop a five-star rating wherever you download your podcasts at. If you do drop that five-star rating, you can DM me a screenshot of it at any of the uncontested social channels. I will mail you out some stickers. Also, we still have some uncontested hats available. If you're interested in a hat, please DM us. We would love, love, love to hook you up. Mailing a hat out in the morning. A longtime listener ordered one over the weekend. Also just dropped off like five envelopes of stickers. Yeah. So getting all the uncontested swag out to all the corners of the world from Yukon, Oklahoma to Melbourne, Australia. And everywhere sh- in between. We will ship everywhere. I do not mind. Justin, mm. you were a busy man yesterday. Didn't really get to tune into <laughs> the the slaughtering of the Thunder via yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks. I listened to the most competitive quarter of the game on the radio and got to hear Matt Pinto break it down that first quarter um, while driving back from the OU game. And then I crested the Arbuckle Mountains and lost signal and uh, no more. Love it. No Matt more Pinto, that. if you guys haven't listened to a Thunder radio broadcast. So good. Matt Pinto is a salty man. Mm-hmm. He trash talks the refs so much. Yes, he does. It is incredible. I love it. <laughs> He's like, well, don't know what they saw there because that clearly wasn't a foul, but they blew the whistle on Shea. It's just, he's like it. so passive aggressive. It's incredible. I love it. He's really good at his job. So Justin, we are now, what, 10, nine games, 10 games into the season. What's the Thunder record? Be- uh, four and some Four and five. We are nine games into the season. <laughs> I was going to say there we four go. and six. But A little over 10% of the way into the season. Uh, game number 10 will be played tomorrow night against Detroit. We'll talk about that in a there moment. But I figure 10% of the season gone. Uh, what a nice little uh, resting point for us to, to stop. A, a nice little uh, benchmark, a nice little checkpoint for us to take a look at this team and talk about some things that we've noticed over these first nine games and maybe project out and, and use that information 
small sample size as it is, use that information to see what we think about moving forward with this team. I've collected kind of what I think are some of the bigger topics for our Thunder Thoughts here. And we're just going to go through step by step. Uh, We can bounce around however you want. First one I have. Let's talk about maybe with Chet being out this year, have you seen this thing that Thunder fans like have this like fan fiction, this conspiracy theory that Chet's going to come back and play this season? Uh, yes. Why would he need a headshot, Jacob? Why would he need a headshot for this season if he wasn't playing? Maybe because he's on the roster. I don't know. Who knows? It's Brian Windhorse meme. That's what that was. We already got enough conspiracy theorists in the NBA, folks. We don't need any more. So with Chet out. Thanks. Justin, yes. (laughs) I think the second biggest thing for the Thunder this year is establishing Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis-Alexander playing together, coexisting on the court. It's been interesting so far. Mm -hmm. We had Shea miss a game that Josh played. We've had Josh miss two or three games that Shea played, so missing some time there. I went back and did a little bit of research. So far this season, Shea and Josh are the second most used two-man lineup as far as minutes. Hmm. Second most on the team. Not not in the NBA, just on the team. But on the team, they are the fourth worst in plus-minus, which I thought was interesting. Um, Going back to last season, so Josh's entire career, he and Shea have played less than 50 games together. So not... Right at about half an NBA season is all they've played together so far. Um, I I think a lot of Thunder fans would look at it and say, from the eye test, the pairing isn't working out so well. It's like almost your turn, my turn. It kind of reminds people of of Russ KD a little bit. There's not a cohesiveness. It doesn't look as seamless as like a a Jokic, Jamal Murray type fit. Um, I, I think those two guys play like beautifully off each other. It's interesting. They both need the ball in their hands to be successful. Uh, neither of them is a great off-ball player. Neither of them is a great spot-up shooter. What have you seen from the Josh Shea, Josh A, as some like what might say, the Josh A pairing? Josh A. And how do they make it work? Right? Like, I know you're not Mark Dagnall, hmm. um, but putting on your your coach's hat, your thinking cap for a moment, like, what are your what are you seeing and how do we get these two to get on the same page? I think what you said earlier is incredibly important and has to be discussed whenever we talk about this pairing which is they've only played 50 games. And so it's not fair to look look any further than that as far as like they're still figuring this thing out. They didn't they didn't really get a training camp together this year, right? Cuz of Shea's injury. And then they've had multiple games this season where they've missed time. I think it's it's tough to ask both of them to adjust their play style in that short of time. I think it's going to take more time for the for the two of them to figure it out. I don't think that you can make any drastic conclusions based off what you've seen thus far from those two. Now, that said, I think Giddy is off to a bit of a rough start this year. And I think if if you want to point fingers in the pairing, that's probably a good place to start. Like the pairing is not going to look great because Giddy just hasn't been great to start the year. Missing layups. Yeah. Like he got, he smoked a dunk last night. Yeah. Like wide open fast break dunk, just missed it. Like very uncharacteristic stuff for him. Versus, versus Shea, who's been playing really well. So I think it's tough. It's tough to evaluate the pairing given those two contexts, right? Like Shea's been him for the most part this season. Giddy has not been himself. But I, <laughs> I think finding the balance so that it's not your turn, my turn, finding the ways that their two skill sets complement each other that's going to take more time. And that's ultimately what you want to see, right? Is how does Shea's slipperiness getting to the rim 
complement Josh Giddy's game? How does Josh Giddy's vision and finding ridiculous passing lanes complement Shea's game? There's got to be an overlap there. I'm I'm confident that there's some type of way that those those two things fit together. I I don't see any excuse me. I don't see anything that that would say, you know, oh absolutely this pairing's not going to work. Blow it up, trade Shea, get rid of Giddy, like there, there's no way these two work. I haven't seen anything that pulls me to that conclusion. A- anybody? <laughs> Jesus, Justin. Don't die on me, my guy. I'm trying. <laughs> Anybody saying that the pairing can't exist, cannot exist, or they need a trade? Yeah. Um, like I'm not trying to be rude. That's just knee jerk, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there is. This takes time. You have this year plus two more years with Josh Giddy before he's even ex- like on a new contract. You you've got all the time in the world. Yeah. So T- I've been tons think- of time, and and hopefully a lot more time together on the court. Both. Yeah uh this season and in the off season and starting to incorporate the two of them together with Chet that's a whole new dynamic so whatever yeah. they figure out this season is going to have to be adjusted again but that's a good thing right that's a good thing to continue mm-hmm. to add elite pieces of talent together and figure out how they work that's what you want to have you don't want to have Shay isoing by himself all the time or Giddy isoing by himself all the time the adjustment is a good thing and that's that's a reflection of the talent that's on this team. Yep. I think both of them are very good at getting into the lane. Yeah. I think there's whenever somebody gets in the lane, good things happen offensively on a basketball court. Yep. I think there's a lot of opportunities for these guys to play two man game. Like I would love to see Shea pick and roll with Josh. Um, yeah. you know, if if you let Shea instead of having to break down his man at the three point line and drive into the lane. If you let Shea catch a pass at the free throw line, heading downhill already, there's a lot more things he can do there. You get Giddy on a short roll uh, off of a Shea, off screening for Shea. I mean, he's going to spray out to the corners. Now they've got to have guys that can hit can shots. Hit. Right. You have Josh drive to the basket. Let let Shea cut back door. That's layups for days. I, I, I there are things that they can do. Um, I also think it's interesting that. Some games we see those two play basically the same exact minutes. They're on the court together. They're off the yeah. court together. Yeah. And then there's other games where we see them basically get staggered. I thought last night in Milwaukee was one of the cases yeah. where they started the first and third together, but then Josh comes off, Shea stays on. And then when Shea comes off, Josh goes back on uh, and basically staggered the two. So one of the two was always on the court, which is nice. But it's you're not getting to yeah. the root of the problem here and working on those two sharing the floor together because the hope is that those two are two of the leaders of your team moving forward for the yeah. foreseeable future. And they just they, they have to learn how to coexist. They have to learn how to play together. They do that by logging more minutes. Now, sometimes it does feel like they don't play a lot together. I just said the the most used two-man lineup for Oklahoma City yeah right is Shay and Josh so i think that's that's a nature of the experiments uh that Dagnall is doing this season there's been a lot of experiments and i think roster rotation is one of them and so what you're saying of like it makes sense that those two would be the most used cuz Dags is getting weird with some of the lineups but he's also experimenting with those two like you said i think playing them together staggering them that's that's all this is this is tinkering this is yep. playing around to see different things, to try different combinations. Some of it's going to work. Some of it is not. And the goal is to find, you know, what's the best way to utilize these two. Definitely. Anything else on the Josh and Shay pairing, Justin? Um, I, I think you've got to wait till Giddy finds his sea legs this season mm-hmm. before you can really give this a good read. Um, nine games in. Nine games in. Yeah. For what it's worth, Josh this season shooting 35% from three on four attempts a game. Maybe that's the way they can coexist. Shea drive and kick to yeah. Josh who can attack closeouts. That's what I was like that or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we've seen what Shea can do um, in certain seasons behind the arc. 
if he could find that again, then that that becomes a, a really interesting way to use those two for sure. 100%. Speaking of three-point shooting, Justin, that's my next big topic for us. The three-point shooting for the Thunder. Small sample size, or is it just, it is what it is? Some stats for you. Thunder are 29th in the league in three-point percentage. They're shooting 29.2%. Do you know who's 30th in the league? Lakers. The Lakers, baby. Yeah, that feels right. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure the Lakers didn't jump OKC today. They did not. The Lakers are shooting 28.4%. The Thunder, 29.2%. There you go. Uh, very poor shooting. Uh, even though the Thunder are 29th in the league in percentage, they are 10th in the league in attempts at 35 a game. Yeah, that's quite a combo. Yes. I, I think going back to my comment of like tinkering, I think we're doing a lot of experimenting behind the arc. Definitely. And and last stat before we really start to, to dissect this one. I think this is really fascinating. The guys who are taking the most threes on the team are the ones that are shooting the worst. And that would make sense. You're getting a lot of threes up. You're missing right. a lot of them. Uh, here's some stats for you. Lou Dort is taking 5.7 threes a game this season, and he's shooting Yowza. 19%. Yowza. Trey Mann is shooting five a game. He's at 26.7%. The other ones are a little bit smaller numbers. Poku is taking 3.3 a game. He's 27%. Muscala is taking three a game. He's at 25%. Shea is taking three a game. He is at 30%. Huh. So that is quick maths here. Three, six, nine Dance plus nine. 10. is nine. That's 20 of your 35 threes a game. And the best shooter is shoot is Poku at twenty seven percent. The best shooter is Poku. Let's rip that audio. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it, it's just it's not it's great, not Bob. Good. Not great, Bob. Jif. Um, I wonder how much of this is uh, Chip England getting a a baseline sample, <laughs> right? Like, Maybe you're coming in. You want to assess the situation. Let's get a guy like Lou Dort to just shoot a crazy amount of threes and see what he can do at a high volume clip. And then now you know where to go from there. Um, I think the same could maybe be said of Poku. Obviously not not as high a volume as as Dort, but you know, let's let's see what he can do with three attempts a game. Let's see what percentage he could shoot, and then let's let's work on that. Um, Trey Mann, I think you're you're probably going to continue to see him shoot a high volume. I think Trey Mann probably goes up from here. I would not expect that number to stay there. Um, Muskie, I have no feelings on. Like it is what it is with Muskie. Um, it who who knows slash who cares. Shea, you'd like to see that number up go go up as well. Um, Shea's heads are very low. His attempts are low and the percentage is low. I think with him, you know, going back to the tinkering comment, it almost seems deliberate the amount of driving that he's doing. Like we, mm -hmm. we've known he's a great driver, but it feels like they're saying like, we want you to drive the lane until they physically cannot stop you or like until they like have to throw everything at you to stop you. And then we can do something else. And not many teams are able to do that. And I think that's, again, it's kind of like pressure testing this thing. Like, let's see what we have here and see see how far we can push this thing. It's it's kind of like pushing things to their breaking point. Yeah. You want to hear a wild stat here? Yes, please. Last four games, Shea has scored 38, 34, 37, and am I reading it? Yeah, and 18. He, scored, he only scored 18 the other night. I didn't realize last night. I didn't realize that. Last night, yeah. 38, 34, 37, 18. In the last four games, he has made zero three-pointers. Yeah. Yeah. That's not here's, here's his three-point attempts uh, via his game logs on basketball reference this season. Game one, six attempts. Game two, five. And then two, four, two, three, zero, one. Yeah. He's yeah, just not that, shooting them. That feels... That feels uh, orchestrated, much oh, like yeah, Dort's, almost intentional. Much like Dort's attempts, they're uh -huh. they're they're trying something out. It's interesting, very. So 
Justin, small sample size on the threes, or is it just it is what it is? Um, it depends. Depends on the guy. I think small sample size for Shea, for Trey, uh, maybe for Poku too. I don't know. Um, Dort, I want to wait and see. Right, like I think he's better than a nineteen percent three point shooter, but I'm curious to see. How many games, what percentage of the season does his attempts stay this high? Is it 20 games? Is it half the season? Like, uh, how how far do they want to push this type of play with Dort and see what he can do with it? Be, it that'll be really interesting to watch is Dort's three-point attempts and Shea's three-point attempts. Like, over, if we're, if we're taking this as a, you know, 10% section over the next nine games where do those two net out in attempts? And that's interesting. When you look at Dort's game logs, three point attempts, six, seven, seven, six, five, four, eight, six, two. Yeah. It's wild. <clears throat> Again, I, it feels very intentional. I, I think they're going to shoot better. I think they've been shooting poorly. It's just interesting that the guys that shoot the ball a lot are shooting very, very poorly. It's not like role players are yeah. just like missing shots. Shocking. Um, and it's really, when you look at the stats on who's shooting, well, it's the guys that are getting wide open looks because nobody respects them. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> top five players for the thunder in three point percentage, Justin, can you give me all five without looking? Okay. Uh, one of them should be very easy. Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe is number one shooting 50% on 1.4 <laughs> attempts a game. That's amazing. 50%. Um, J-Dub? J-Dub is not on the list. He's shooting 25%. Ooh, okay. Not great. Uh, Wiggins. Wiggins is number five. He is shooting 33.3%. Baisley? Darius Baisley is number three, shooting 37.5 attempt. Or 37.5% on 1.8 attempts per game. He made two last night, uh, wide yeah. open. Nobody closed out. The third one, he shot about three feet over the basket. <laughs> you got uh, two more guys. JRE. JRE is number two, 43% on three attempts a game. Wow. Okay. Again, wide open most of the time. Yeah, He's just right. easy catch and shoots. I have no idea where to go with the last one. We've talked about him already on the show extensively. Extensively? Mm-hmm. Giddy? We did a whole, did a whole segment oh, on him. Josh Giddy. Giddy. Yeah. 35%, Josh Giddy at 35%. Right? It is. Okay. That yep. makes me feel better. Kind of interesting uh, that mm. that is your top five. Kenrich Williams is next at 31.3. And then Yikes. Shea. A guy whose percentage is pretty low, who I didn't really expect it to be that low because I think he's looked pretty good shooting the ball. Feels like it goes in every time. Usman Jang. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's very interesting. I How think many attempts a game, did you for, say? For Us? Yeah. Usi is taking 2.3 a game and he's shooting 28%. Huh. But it wow. feels like he's shooting better than that. Yeah. It's the smoothness, man. He mm -hmm. makes everything look smooth. And there's no hesitation. He just catches and fires yeah. it. I really like it. Yeah. Uh, any more stuff on three point shooting? Earn your paycheck, Chip. <laughs> agree I, I do honestly like in addition to the attempts being interesting i i'm again not i'm not smart enough to evaluate at this level of detail but like i wonder how many guys are going through form adjustments or things like that right now because i feel like that's a big learning curve anytime you try mm -hmm. to change the way somebody shoots like They'll get worse before they get better. Totally. So like looking at a guy like Trey Mann, I wonder, like, is is he working with somebody like him trying to tweak something or is it purely just, a, you know, a small sample size? I, I, I don't know. We'll talk. We, we'll probably touch on Trey Mann a little more here in a bit, but I've been very disappointed. Yeah, I had high hopes for him. He took Mann. two threes last night in 14 minutes. He took two threes against Denver in 17 and a half minutes. Yeah. I don't like get Gotta your get shots those numbers up. up. Those are rookie numbers. Yeah. Get your shots up. My guy. I agree. Let it fly. Trey. I want to play a game of real or fake. Justin. Mm. 
with the OKC wings. Okay. Because I think this is really fascinating. Okay. Okay, so the wings I've included are Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, Darius Baisley, Jalen Williams, J-Dub, and Usman Jang. I did not put Trey Mann in here because Trey Mann primarily plays as like a ball-handling guard now. Okay. And then I did not put Poku because we've seen Poku play a lot of center minutes. Yeah. Right. So I only put those, what did I list, five? Yep. I'm interested about the minutes distribution. Taylor and I talked about this a little bit in the post-game podcast after the Milwaukee Bucks game. The We know the lineups have been nuts. Dagnalt's playing everyone random yep. times, just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. I have a feeling we're going to start settling into a cleaner wing rotation and more minutes and less minutes for certain guys. And I want to see kind of where you fall on this. I think it's fascinating. So here, here's where we're at. Are we talking for like total non-tanking season? Yes. Okay. Got it. So Aaron Wiggins has played in seven games for the Thunder. He's averaging 22 minutes per game in those contests. Kenrich Williams is next. He's played in eight games. He's at 20 and a half minutes. Baisley's played nine games. He's playing right at 18 minutes a game. J-Dub is only at five games. He is also at 18 minutes per game. And that number actually is a little skewed because that first game, he only got to play like five minutes before Jaden McDaniels tried to decapitate him. (laughs) And then Usi, Usman Jang, has played in eight games and he has played 14.3 minutes. So the order of minutes per game by these guys is Wiggins, Kenrich, Baisley, J-Dub, and Jang. Okay. Do you think this is like which of these minutes are real? Who's going to start to lose minutes? Who's going to start to gain minutes? Where do you see a rotation kind of settling in here? Yeah, I'll I'll give you my my first thoughts. Okay, I'm kind of biased just because I like watching rookies because it's something new. Yep. But Usman Jang has impressed me. The yep. one place he's really struggled is zone defense and like knowing where to be. But in man on man, this kid is like a fire blanket. You know, one of those really heavy, like weighted, like yes. water blankets that you just throw on top of people. Yes. Like he smothers dudes. It's the way he moves laterally is so impressive at that size. There's been some times in games specifically, I noticed it in those Clippers games where he would defend somebody really good, uh, really cover the space, stay in front of them, keep his arms wide, keep his, his, uh, like his hips back. Yeah. But then someone can like bump him and kind of push him off a little bit. He needs a little more strength, which he's so young. He's got so much time. I think he's going to be able to fill his frame out really well. Defensively, he's really, really impressed me. He makes very quick decisions offensively. He's not on the ball a lot. If he touches it, he's immediately doing a handoff. He's passing it or he's catching it, spotted up, ready to fire the shot like I could see Usman Jang being a guy that starts to get more and more minutes. Um, I talked a lot about how he's probably going to be a G League guy. I don't right. know if he's going to get G League minutes. Like I think he's going to get maybe some. I think he will. But he's been one of their better wings. Like I've been. Yeah. I think you send him to the G League if a there's not minutes for him on the team, or b the NBA is just too much for him and he needs to go down to a lower level. I don't see either of those things being the case right now. So if it's send him to the G League to play 30 minutes or play him in, with the Thunder for 18 minutes, play him with the Thunder. I think those minutes are more valuable. Por que no los dos, Jacob? I think, it, I think it's both. It's true. Yeah, I think it's true. both. Send him to the blue, let him play 30, ship him back up to OKC, let him log another 15. For what it's worth, he did not get sent to the first blue game. Yeah. It's true. So I, I could see Oose being a guy that starts to get minutes, more minutes. I could see, I mean, Kenrich Williams hasn't impressed me this year. He's not doing a lot. Yeah. Kenny's yeah. not been good. Baisley's really not been good. Um, Wiggins has been fine, but like, do you want to prioritize Wiggins minutes over like J-Dub minutes? I could see J-Dub's time going up. I could see Oose's time going up. I could see Kenrich and, and Baisley's minutes coming down. Yeah. Like, would it shock you if, let's say, this team does not pull the plug 
or or maybe they will, but let's say by, uh, I don't know, all-star break. Would it shock you out of the five guys I just mentioned of those wings, Wiggins, Kenrich, Baisley, J-Dub, Jang, that one of the rookies ends up being the leading minutes per game guy? No. No, that would not. That would not surprise me. And I kind of hope so. <laughs> Selfishly, I kind of hope it's J-Dub. Um, I also feel like we've completely thrown out the premise of this game of real or free. <laughs> It's a, just kind of went on a tangent yeah. there, so I apologize, yeah. but uh, uh, it's fake. Whatever. No, I think uh, J Dub's minutes uh, are primed to go up. I'm 100 percent with you. They're already kind of skewed, like you said, because of that first game. I think he's he's going to continue to earn more minutes. Um, Wiggins and Kenrich, I kind of feel similarly about both of them. Like they're fine. I they don't feel worth investing in if that makes sense like mm-hmm. are they worth giving a bunch of minutes to because you you just man they're really gonna be an awesome rotation piece in a few years like i don't know they're they're fine they're they seem like great guys i like watching them play they always try hard they're good to have on your team i don't know that they're like helping you win game six of the western conference finals down the line yeah right? um basically We've we talked about this. I know we've talked about this before of like, I think the fact that he didn't get the contract extension probably means that Baisley's out the door. How much do you want to invest in him? If you're likely going to trade him, you probably want to do enough to show that he has trade value and not much else, right? God, they I don't want to rag on the kid, but he played the worst <laughs> stretch of basketball that I think I've ever watched him play last night in the first half. I mean, it was, yeah, it was really bad. And he's uh, had some good games this mm-hmm. season. No, for sure. Defensively, like he's done some good stuff. That. <laughs> yeah. Defensively, he's done some good stuff. I've been yeah. pleased with some of whenever he gets like really mad defensively, like you can yeah. tell he like ratchets up the, the intensity. Yeah. He does good stuff. Um, I mean, people point to the three point percentage. I mean, he's sitting out there, making a sandwich, like reading the, the dictionary, <laughs> doing whatever, like no one's out there to guard him. It's wide open, just like practice shots. Yeah. Offensively, there's there's just too many issues offensively. I don't think you can fix it. Anytime he dribbles the ball up the court, I want to throw up. Um and just it gives me <laughs> gives me can acid say, reflux. Like it's not it's definitely not an apples to apples comparison by any stretch. But Every time he drives, what it reminds me of is Jeremy Grant when he first came to the Thunder. Kind of, yeah. Where he just has no plan and he doesn't know where the rim is at. And tons of athleticism, tons of tools, doesn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, you know, if the Thunder's not the right fit, maybe there's another suitor out there for Baisley that could yeah. mold him into something that, you know, Take, takes good advantage of those tools. Um, but I think I, I'd be surprised if that is on the thunder that that happens. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the wing rotation is really interesting. I was just looking at it. J-Dub, um, in the games he's been back, 26, then 21, then 14, and then 20 last night. Hmm. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to kind of see where he settles in at. But... Yeah, I would like to see those rookies get some more opportunities at the wing, totally uh, rack up some more minutes. Yep, it's going to be interesting to see how they they kind of prioritize that moving forward. Totally and, agree. Any other wing thoughts? I like wings. What's your favorite flavor of wings? Lemon pepper, hands down. Lemon pepper. I've become a a big garlic parm guy. Okay, okay. I really like some garlic parm wings. Do you like the like creamy? Buffalo Wild Wings garlic no, parm. I'm dry rub. Dry rub. Got to go like, more dry yeah. rub with it. Agreed. Totally agree. So, um, next one. This is probably our last big thing for Thunder Thoughts, Justin. Is I want to talk stock risers and fallers. So, I'll start with you, and then you can repeat the question back to me. Okay. But <laughs> one guy on this team who you think their stock is rising. 
I would say stock up for I've, yeah I, I don't want to say any of the obvious ones I'm gonna say stock up for uh jre I, that's I a good he, one he's, he's played had, well he's played well not like huge opportunities not huge minutes but he's doing what you want to see out of those minutes he's he's doing the things that you would hope <laughs> like you said the the three-point shooting looks great um he's still like fundamentally sound he's getting put in a lot of weird positions given the lack of thunder centers um he's being asked to do a lot of different things and i i think he's playing really well this season yeah, a lot less minutes per game so far compared to last year. Yep. His points per game, the production has gone up maybe like half a point. But the three-point shooting has looked good. The mm-hmm. the efficiency has been really good. Yeah. Um dude gets a rough break because he's like six eight and has exactly. to go there and guard like, Nikola Jokic. He gets put in some really weird situations, yeah. but he's he's doing I I mean, I think he's doing everything that you would ask of him. Yeah. Uh, that's a good stock up candidate. Give me your stock down candidate. <sighs> Feels like there's a lot. I know <laughs> this one's harder to know where to start. Um, I'm going to go stock down. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take another kind of less obvious one here. Uh, well, maybe not less obvious, but less like um, high minute getter and stock stock down Poku. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I, I I think that he's done some things well. Uh, he's made some strides in his game, um, but there's there's still so much bad with him um, that I'm I'm a little down on Poku at, at this point. I think that um, he's still too erratic for me. I think that. His shooting, I, I was hoping would maybe be a little more real. Uh, like we got some flashes in preseason and really early in the season where it was like, oh, like he looks n- new and improved. And I think that that's, that's kind of dipped back down. Um, and I think I, I would hope to see that go back up. But I think that he he's still so raw um i'm not not writing him off by any means like i think he's still super young and he's still made some progress but i think trending for me a little bit in the wrong direction through the first nine games interesting where would you put poku uh if we're if we have like this running like Yes. Gauge where stock way up, barely at the middle, or it's even, and then stock <laughs> down. I'd put Poku like slightly in the up. Okay. Um, is the efficiency there? No, but he's played well enough to like close games. He's played well enough to earn starts. Def- I think he's been a much, much better defender uh, than yeah. at any other point in his career. The defense, I think, really has been good. Um, we talked a lot about physicality with Poku. Yep. Um, I think he he makes good reads offensively. I like some of the shots he's taking. They're just not going in. Yeah. Um, to me, Poku looks like the game has slowed for him. That that's, he he yeah, he's he's reined it in. He is not playing crazy YMCA pickup run basketball. But he still reverts to that. Like from like time to time. But I, I feel like it's. A lot of it's been purged. I feel like, I don't know. It's it's improved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I wouldn't put him as a stock down. I would maybe put him as like slightly, like stock maybe even or stock slightly above, um, slightly above even. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, that's fair. What about a? Do you have a a stock up guy? It's hard to say. Uh, I, I don't like going with rookies, but I'm going to go back to Usman Jang. Okay, he's impressed me a lot. The yeah. the defense, the the lateral movement, um, the shooting. There's still a lot of work to do as far as like going to the basket. We know he's got natural playmaking abilities. He's played point guard for a really long time in his life. 
He can make good reads. He can make the passes. Um, I think that's the hardest thing to get as far as like the speed of the game in the NBA. A spot up spot up shooter. Yeah, guys close out to you a lot faster. That's an, a speed of the game adjustment yeah. in the league. But you can adjust to that pretty quick. Um, playmaking, being able to read and react to defenses takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's uh, that's going to take some time. But he's impressed me. Um, I, I expect, like I said, I expected him to be a big time G league guy. Uh, I don't know how yeah. much he's going to get there, uh, just because I think he's been really good. Yeah. What about a uh, stock down? I think I got to go Trey man. Yeah. I've been really dis like I had really high hopes for Trey man. And it just feels like he is playing very passive. Yeah. Uh, if, there's so many times where he'll catch the ball and I'm like, shoot it. Yeah. And he'll just hold it for a second, then he'll dribble and run a handoff. And I'm like, Trey, like, trigger Trey. You're out there trigger for a Trey. reason. That's right. Like, pull That's it. Fire. He he does not look like the preseason Trey man who had no. me like irrationally high. <laughs> uh, and I would like him to to get back to that. Yep. Totally for sure. Agree. I think those those are two two solid answers for sure. Um Justin, before we move on to around the association, we've got a few comments in the chat uh, specifically about Baisley. I, I'd like to address yeah. some of them. Here's one. It says, yeah. why are you guys so adamant on getting rid of Baisley if you think he can be a Jeremy Grant-type talent? He clearly has the tools to be a winning player. Why lose another guy like that in favor of JRE? Do you want to take this uh, one or you want me to take this one? Uh, I, I can start off. Um, Go. I don't necessarily think he can be a Jeremy Grant-type of player. I think what what I see from him um, reminds me of Jeremy Grant when he first came to Oklahoma city. That doesn't necessarily mean that his future looks like Jeremy Grant's future. I think Jeremy Grant went through an incredible transformation in Oklahoma city and there's still time that Bayes could do the same, but I think it's uh, what Jeremy Grant did is the exception, not the rule. I think mm-hmm. the second part of this is less about what I think the thunder should do and what I think the thunder will do. Those are two very different things. I think if the thunder believed Darius Baisley could be a Jeremy Grant type player, Darius Baisley would have gotten a contract extension this summer. The fact that he didn't tells me a lot about how the organization views Baisley and his future. Um, Jacob, I know you've mentioned it before, but, Sam Presti doesn't like to let guys get to free agency. And that's where Darius Baisley is headed. And that that's a risky proposition for OKC. There is, you can count on one hand, the number of times that they've danced that dance. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> the most famous example. And Ennis Cantor. And he did, you didn't really example. have an opportunity with either of those guys. I mean, Kevin Durant. Yeah, was always going to make more money hitting free agency totally. with with the cap spike. Yep, they traded for Cantor too late. Couldn't make yep. a a contract uh, extension offer. Yep. Yeah, and Jeremy so, Jeremy Grant actually is one of them, which is fascinating. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and Lou Dort, but we we believe um, we have no way to know this. I believe that both Grant and Dort, there was a hey, we're going to hit free agency and sign you to this new contract instead. Yeah. You know that there was a a handshake agreement before. You you, there's an order of operations there. Yeah. Right. It's, you don't um. You don't buy a new house before you know the value of the house you're selling, right? I don't go out and buy a five hundred dollar five hundred thousand dollar house before I know what my current house is worth and that I'm only going to get fifty k for it. You know. Right. Right. Like there's yeah. an order of operations there. They they knew what they were going to do before they made Grant yeah. and and Dort free agents. So, to me that I, I that's the biggest thing with with Basley is it just it seems like the Thunder's actions have been uh, pointing to Darius Basley going elsewhere, and so that's. That's where a lot of my commentary, probably our commentary comes from is just is from that that point of the way that I presume the Thunder organization is looking at Baisley. I hope he goes on to be successful. I hope he finds a great fit. I hope he gets put on a great team. I hope Rich Paul doesn't 
Poland, LA. <laughs> that probably will happen. <laughs> no, um, and also, I mean, if you let, take Baisley to free agency, yeah, like do you, you're going to have to make another roster cut next year because yep. you're bringing in another draft pick. Yep. Do you want to pay Baisley six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year, and then kind of have to play him because you're paying him? Yeah. Uh, or do you move off of him uh, in order to bring in another more blue chip type piece with another draft pick? Yep. Uh, one more Baisley comment here in the chat. Uh, it's still so weird. Y'all bag on Bays, who somehow can have better on-court production than Poku, but keep acting like Poku is going to be something. If one is trash, so is the other. Get rid of both. Apples and oranges, man. Yeah. That's kind of how I view this. Like, Baisley is older. He's been in the system a year longer. Um, if Poku is still at this stage this time next year and doesn't get a contract extension, we're having the same conversation, right? Yep, totally. They uh, play completely different styles of basketball. Baisley's is much more dependent on athleticism. Poku's is much more skill-based. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think I agree with uh, Bays can have better on-court production than Poku. Uh, but keep acting like Poku is going to be something. Um, I mean, there's a reason that the coaching staff is giving Poku more minutes than Baisley. Yeah, I, I think that I think you're dead on it on the age piece. I think that that's an important factor. And, and the length of time within the team is is a big factor as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think the. They also traded assets to go get Poku in the draft where they traded back to get Darius Baisley. I wonder hmm. for the front office, does that mean anything? We have more invested in one than the other. Yeah. I mean, I, I think same thing. Like next summer, what happens with Poku's contract situation is going to tell us a lot. about. Yeah. How if we get to, to this time next year and Poku 100%. hasn't got extended, we're going to be talking about who are they going to trade Poku to? Who's the team yeah. that wants to take a flyer and on Poku? I think that could happen. Personally. Very well could. Yeah. I mean, so, what if I, Usman Jang makes a leap and they decide, hey, totally. Baisley's out this year, Poku's out next year, and by that time, Usman has got the reps and is ready to go, you know? Yep. Yep. It's, totally agree. It'll, it'll be interesting to wait and see. That's that's why I think it's so it's a big year for Poku to watch his yeah. development. And you want to see him take a jump and really kind of look like you're starting to see the the fruits of some of that potential because otherwise, eh, you know, guys, guys are on a short leash. Yeah. Guys are on a short leash because you have so many more picks coming in. It's the name of roster exploration, mm -hmm. right? If the Thunder you, land pick five next year and can bring in like a Cam Whitmore, these dudes aren't getting minutes. You're playing pick number five. Yeah. You know, I, totally. Yep. Justin, Let's tell the listeners about who's paying the bills this week before we go around the association. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U dot com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> Justin, we're going to play a game of real or fake. Are we actually going to play it this time? 100% we are <laughs> for Around the Association. I have a Perfect. list of real or fake. Since it's a two-man show, um, I'll pick one, and I'll ask you if it's real okay. or fake, and then you can return the favor. Sound good? Sounds great. First one I have for you would be real or fake. The Houston Rockets, Detroit Pistons, and Orlando Magic will once again receive the top odds in the NBA draft, meaning they will have the worst records in the NBA. That is fake. Fake. Oh, wow. Gonna, For the I'm record gonna... right now, they're all three at the bottom. They are. Houston 1-9, and nine, Orlando 2-8, and eight, Detroit 2-8. and eight. Uh, Charlotte is the next closest at 3-7. and seven. Uh, along with oh no, I'm sorry, the Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers at <laughs> two and seven. Yeah, so I, you're going fake. Yes. Who are I'm, the three then? I'm willing this into reality. Um, I cannot have those three be the bottom <laughs> three again for for personal reasons. Um, man, Houston stinks. Houston's bad. <laughs> And bad vibes in Houston, too. I don't know if it, you've seen the clip of Jabari Smith uh-huh. Jr. trying to fight Jalen Green, it, but... It's hard to not pick them to be bottom three because, oh, boy. They just they look awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say maybe Detroit, maybe Orlando. If I had to pick one, I'd probably lean Orlando not being bottom three. Um, as Orlando's far as who, fun. Orlando's fun. We got to see it firsthand mm-hmm. right that game against the magic that was supposed to be a national tv game was a great game lots of big boys on that team <laughs> lots of big boys if i had to pick someone to end up in the bottom three that is not currently I'm going with the spurs okay spurs are at five and five right now um i think that especially with the josh primo situation the spurs are gonna have to race towards the bottom they they need it as a franchise and i think they will interesting okay i'm afraid it's gonna be those three again Uh, man i'm gonna be furious if it is um all right for you real or fake the warriors young pieces are a detriment to their title hopes they've been bad James Wiseman's been bad. Nick Nick better not listen to this podcast. James Wiseman's <laughs> been bad. Kaminga's like not playing much. What is um, Kaminga? Pool hasn't been very good. It's crazy because Golden State's like starting five is still as as dominant as ever. Yeah. But then as soon as you start to to take them off, like Steph was getting like visibly pissed off at Wiseman the other day. Um <laughs> 
I don't know. I wonder if for them, it would make sense to consolidate some of those young guys and get some more pieces that will help them immediately. Like, I don't think that's the right plan. I think they do need to start transitioning because I don't know if Draymond's back. Uh, Clay and Steph are getting old. Yeah. Um, You know, but their young guys just haven't been it. They've got a lot of time. They can develop those guys. But as far as a detriment to their title hopes for this season, yeah. If you are relying on those young guys to be role players off your bench, then it's true. You think Poole can get it back, or did Draymond break? It? Draymond punched it out of him. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, um, oh my gosh, why am I going blank? Doctor Strange, whenever he gets like punched out of his like his soul leaves his body. Yes, it's kind of like that. Um, I think Poole can get it back. I really like Moses Moody a lot. Moses Moody yeah. is like low-key my, when the Warriors can't pay everybody, can the Thunder go yeah. get Moses Moody for a few future picks? I loved him in Arkansas. Um, that, hey, the Thunder got a got a whole Arkansas yeah, they do. pipeline going here. Let's let's keep it up. Woo pig Thunder. <laughs> Did you ever say real or fake? What is it? Do yeah, you- I, I, I said real. Okay. It's real. The, the, if they are relying on these young guys, it will be a detriment to their title hopes. Their defense has been bad. That. Yep. Defense has been real bad. Your turn. Real or fake? Philly will be better without James Harden, who is out for a month. Yeah. You get a, the Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid show now. Will they be better over this month? real will they be would they be better long term without harden i would say fake but if we're just strictly talking about this month i think that that could be real because it'd be hard to be much worse um i've been disappointing very rough very rough sledding but i think it's one of those things that anytime you're playing create a team (laughs) there's going to be some bumps in real life it doesn't work like 2k you just plop a guy in and suddenly everything's great and you get to reap the benefits. Uh, there's definitely been a learning curve. Harden being out a month doesn't help that learning curve. Um, I think they'll be better in the short term. I think it draws out Harden's uh, assimilation into that team and, you know, finding your balance, much like we were just talking about with Gideon Shea earlier. Uh, the injury hurts that. But I think long term, um, You'd still rather have James Harden than not have James Harden. I like it. I think that's a good one. All right, your turn. Real or fake? With no timetable for Kawhi, plus their slow start, the Clippers are a play-in team. Ooh, yeah, we got the news today. Kawhi, no timetable on his return. Mm-hmm. That's bad. For those not of you great. playing at home, that's not a good sign. Unless You've got like... You've got the inevitable um, Paul George injury. We know Paul George always gets injured and misses some time each season. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I think Paul George is a really good basketball player, but yep. inevitably it always happens. Um, they are currently five and four. They're losing to the Jazz as we speak. We will see what happens with them at that point. Um, they're just old, man. Like they've got an old team. Yeah. Um, Reggie Jackson sold his soul to the devil for that one year to shoot well so he could get that contract. <laughs> uh, Paul's been incredible. But I mean, Paul had to go. I was watching like a week ago. Paul had to go like sicko mode in the fourth quarter to beat yeah. the Houston Rockets at home. Yeah. I mean, like he had to go on like a 7 0 scoring run and like force a turnover and do all this stuff. Yep. This is a hard one. It depends on how long Kawhi is out for. If no timetable means Kawhi is back in a week and just or two weeks and starts playing like normal, that completely changes it. But yeah. the history of Kawhi Leonard tells me that that's not going to be the case. Are we going to be sitting in McNelly's come the end of the season? Oh, dude! Do you know, rooting, how, much would, do you know rooting, how much I would love that pick swap to convey? Yeah, the Thunder get just to like swap with the Clippers this year. Clippers are currently eighth in the West. Uh, the Thunder are eleventh. Um, the teams above the Clippers right now: the Pelicans, Mavericks, Nuggets, Blazers, Grizzlies, Jazz, and Suns. Are the Jazz real or fake? I don't know. 
can the Kings or the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves finally climb themselves up? I think the Clippers could find themselves in the play-in tournament once again. So I'll go true. Yikes. Yikes. Can you imagine if the Clippers Dude. pick swap conveys and the Thunder get Victor Wembanyama <laughs> from a Clippers pick swap? The Clippers had a pick swap yeah. another time that landed somebody a top player. Yeah. I can't remember what draft Neither it can is, I. But I, I was just thinking the same thing. I'll have to look it up real quick. Your turn. Real or fake? The Cleveland Cavaliers will get home court in the Western mm. Conference Finals. Or sorry, Real. not Western, Western Conference playoffs. I'm sorry. Real. It was the Cavaliers, by the way. Um, what did the, I say? No, 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 no. I, sorry, I was saying the Cavaliers picks. Well. Oh, sorry. Kyrie. Yep. It's it was Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we don't want that <laughs> if we get a repeat of Kyrie. Yes. Um, speaking of this question about the Cavaliers, real. This is real. The Cavs are getting home court in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Believeland is here, and I I am in belief. Um, Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland has been fun, getting MVP chance. I love Darius Garland. I love Evan Mobley. As a Thunder fan, I'm rooting for the success of Cleveland. Um, not that I believe in karma, but you see you see what they've done and it's really easy to to project the thunder in a few years getting to reap similar rewards if they continue you, you want to take real path. quick yes please if if chet was playing this year the thunder this year would be what the Cavs were last year who like 41 and 41 yeah. in the play in yeah uh chet playing that evan mobley role right. where you've got these other pieces and then you bring in your big blue chip guy and it just pushes you over the top. I think they're a year off from that. But because Chet's hurt. If he wasn't not hurt, they just because be. of Chet being hurt. I think if Chet was playing, they're still they're they're one year back from that. But next year, I think yes, it's it's really fun to fantasize about the Thunder being where the Cavs are right now. And and I hope it I hope it works out for them. All right. Last one. Uh, just for you, tailor made for you, real or fake. The Wolves goofed trading for Rudy Gobert. They look bad, dude. <laughs> five and five. Uh, the vibes are off. Anthony Edwards, like, have you seen that clip from today? No, where they were running a set. Um, and like they were up like five or something. They were running this set, and Ant Man stood at the three point line on the wing with his hands on his hips. And oh, just no. never moved. Just stood oh, like a no. statue for like 10 seconds. Dude. And then the set was over. And then he turned around and walked back on defense. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's it's no incredible. Carl Anthony Towns has been complaining that Ant eats too much fried chicken. Ant's been <laughs> saying they need to play small ball. Oh, my gosh. It's the vibe. And bad. the guys that they traded to Utah have like been pretty decent. Yeah, they might they might have goofed. They maybe should have just kept it. They done goofed. They might hey, have man done. in the chat as much as I hate Rudy Gobert, Jacob Niffin. They might have goofed, Justin. Any other big around the association thoughts? They might have goofed. Hey, show this week, we really appreciate you. Packed schedule. Coming forward tomorrow night, Monday, the Thunder take on the Detroit Pistons. Our guy JB's got the post game on that one for you. And then Wednesday night, Milwaukee, part two here in Oklahoma City. Taylor will be taking you guys through that game. And then our guy Justin right here has got Thunder versus Raptors Friday night. Be nice to see Shea go for like 50 against the Raptors just to spite the Canadian team. And then we have the Sunday show as normal. Actually, the Thunder have a game on Sunday, 11 a.m. against the New York Knickerbockers. So it'll be a fun one. we got a packed week for you guys. So keep it glued to the uncontested. Make sure to drop that subscription on YouTube and wherever you download your podcasts. We will be back with you in uh, about 24 hours. Until then, you guys have a great, great, great Monday. 
make sure, because I won't get to talk to you before then, make sure that you have your plan to go vote on Tuesday if you have not voted already. Uh, get out, have your voice heard. There's no NBA, no excuse. You're not going to a Thunder game. You're not watching League Pass. Make your plan. Find your polling place. Get out. Cast your ballot. If it's a pro-education ballot, I'd be very grateful. Until tomorrow night. And as always, Thunder up. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.